Pure Dog Talk is the voice of purebred dogs. We talk to the legends of the sport and give you the tips and tools to create an awesome life with your purebred dog. From showing to preservation breeding, from competitive obedience to field work, from agility to therapy dogs, and all the fun in between, your passion is our purpose. In these uncertain times, peace of mind is important. Help protect against the unknown with Trupanion, medical insurance for pets. Under the Trupanion policy, you can remove the financial stress after a pet's unexpected new illness or injury, leaving you to focus on what really matters, the health of your pet. Trupanion also offers a free breeder support program that allows you to send your litters home with a special offer for waived waiting periods. Give your litters the best start possible in their new homes. Sign up today. The link on my partner page, and be sure to mention Pure Dog Talk sent you. Welcome to Pure Dog Talk. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and I am super excited. Today is our final installment of October's Back to School Month, which has been a lot of fun. And so as a final throwback Thursday edition of Back to School Month, I tracked down and unsurfaced a few 2017 columns from my As the Wheels Turn column that was published in an online magazine back in the day. You know, the thing about it, these are still today and perhaps more than ever completely applicable, which is a little bit depressing. But there you go. And so we're going to use this as a teaching moment, a learning opportunity. Everybody, please join me. We're going to have a little bit of deep thinking, a little bit of reassessing as we're watching 2020 finally draw to a blessed close. You win, I lose. Many of us involved with purebred dogs find purpose and excitement and enjoyment in the heat of the competition. That adrenaline rush is part of the passion that we bring to the game. Whether it's realized in the whelping box, in the show ring, or in competitive performance venues, it becomes ingrained deep in the grooves of our brains. Winning is good. Losing is bad. And that's fine as far as it goes. But here's the thing. Sometimes the passion morphs and it becomes something altogether different. The if you win, I lose mindset is the root of many evils in our fancy. It applies to everything from jealousy over another exhibitor's win to the fiefdoms of kennel clubs. We encounter it in the expectation that any friendly overture has an ulterior motive for Pete's sake. As a whole, and with exceptions and emergencies, we are not always a cohesive group. Number one, first, best, foremost, record-setting. These are our golden idols. And too often, we guard them viciously. But that dog-in-a-manger attitude serves only to divide and conquer our fancy. 
How does it hurt you to help somebody else? What harm is it to have two good dogs, two good ideas, two good events? What if we celebrate, support, cheer on others who are doing well or doing good? What about it? Teach the newbie, help the youngster, support someone else who has a good dog, a good idea, or an exciting plan. What's the worst possible thing that could happen? That you wouldn't be the best? The point of the exercise is to challenge ourselves to continue to improve our breed, our skills, and our knowledge. The only way that that'll happen is if someone comes along with a better mousetrap, as they say, and we have to improve on our own design. Ours is a tiny microcosm of the real world, guys. We would do well to remember that making it smaller with petty squabbling does nothing more than weaken our ability to resist outside forces working hard to squash us all like bugs. So let's make a conscious decision to see others' success as the same as our own. Because then, the purebred dog fancy becomes a powerful force for good in the world. When you win, we all win, takes us to an entirely different level of influence. Whether in legislative matters or in creating an appealing and exciting sport that draws participation and builds our future from within. So, about that winter wonderland thing coming up on it here. Traveling to winter dog shows can be a little bit dicey. In some parts of the country, questionable driving weather is going to last until May. Yeah, I lived there. Y'all down there in Florida, just be careful of the weather envy that's coming your way, right? So I can remember driving to the St. Paul, Minnesota dog shows that are held in January, that Land O'Lake series when I lived in Nebraska, driving on I-80 looking at literally hundreds of cars upside down on the side of the road like little turtles before I decided it was time to pull over and stop somewhere. Or driving home from Chicago and all of a sudden the water on the antenna in the RV wasn't dripping anymore and the road was freezing around me. In the dog fancy, we sometimes have to make choices. Decisions that should be easy in terms of safety first are often questioned. But I could win. But I could starve. Legit. But, but. In the Pacific Northwest, we rarely get hammered with the type of weather other parts of the country deal with routinely. Snow, ice, dangerous roads. You know, around here, we're often poorly equipped to deal with it when it does happen. (laughs) Snow plows and de-icer and sand and salt are pretty much of a foreign language out here where it almost never gets above 80 or below 30. But few years back, I missed out on the Palm Springs Dog Show due to weather. 
a good friend of mine, who's another handler, chose to cancel out on the Puyallup shows rather than fight through sheets of ice on the roads between here and there. Inevitably, people are going to get stranded on the freeways that are closed for ice storms. They're going to be hung up on their way to the dog show with canceled flights and the judges won't be able to get there. I mean, it's just this happens every year, right? Every five years or so, the garden has such a horrible blizzard that people can't get there. One of the reasons we're all very excited to see the garden rescheduled to June this year. (laughs) So I guess my point is this. When and what makes the call for you as you're planning this winter's dog shows? Either professional or amateur. At what point is it not worth it? When I announced to clients and friends on social media that I wasn't going to make it to that Palm Springs dog show a few years back, there are lots of, you know, supportive comments, at least publicly. And then I saw a note from one of the handlers that I used to work for as a friend and a mentor, and it shook me up. I mean, it really shocked me. And then it sort of brought tears to my eyes as I went through the comment. And this is an actual quote of what my former boss wrote to me. Quote, Oh, for goodness sake, Laura. I thought I taught you better than this. Toughen up, girl. You need to let the dog show addiction take over your judgment. Screw with your safety, let alone the dog's safety. There's a dog show to get to. Doesn't really matter. If the end result is you end up in a ditch freezing, eh, maybe you just lose a dog or two. No matter, someone will tow you out and you still may make the last day. It's the best judge for that last point anyway. As long as you don't have a head-on crash with a semi that wipes you and the dogs out, which, God forbid, might break a major, at least they will say you tried to make it. That comment ended with praise for my decisions about staying home and generally glowing character. The initial shock as I was reading that comment was that I could actually hear in my head other people saying exactly that and meaning it. In what world is a dog show worth risking our lives or our dog's lives? And OPS? I'm not even touching COVID, but this might have some bearing, people. The older I get, the more risk-averse I am, I suppose. It all goes hand-in-hand with when is it too hot in the summer to show dogs outside, all that kind of stuff. I guess for me, the decision is always going to be about the dogs. Are they going to be safe? Is there a better-than-average every time I drive somewhere, an idiot could crash into me chance of disaster. We band together to watch each other's backs. We report road hazards. We caravan. We cover dogs. We offer safe stopping places and everything that we can do to be of assistance one to another in our tribe. But in the end, each of us has to make these decisions for ourselves and for the dogs in our care. So let's continue to support one another as we all do the very best we can with what we have to work with. To my friends, my cohorts and companions, 
I bow to all of you, to your strength and endurance and enduring humor in the face of what sometimes seems overwhelming adversity. Hang tight, guys. Got a little bit of information for you. We'll be right back to the podcast in a minute. All right, crew. Check it. Dog events are happening. For exhibitors who are able and willing to attend these events, it feels as if our tribe has been reunited once again. Meanwhile, for folks who are continuing to feel safest staying at home and away from crowds, and for folks who are driving long haul between far-flung events, I gotcha. I've been working hard to bring you all podcast episodes that help you feel connected to our larger community and offer opportunities for education and entertainment, no matter how you have managed through this truly overwhelming year. One of my favorite events this year is the monthly virtual Pure Dog Talk After Dark for patrons of our podcast. Anybody can join this fabulous community of dog enthusiasts by visiting the website and clicking on the Become a Patron link on the homepage. And while you're there zooming around on the site, you might think about checking out our shopping tab too. We've linked dog show vendors from all around the country so you can help support them during this really grueling loss of income suffered due to a lack of events. There's even a swag link that lets you order your Pure Dog Talk t-shirt, sweatshirt, fan case, mask, (laughs) ringside towel, and so much more. Like the NPR of dogdom, Pure Dog Talk is here for you every day to make sense out of everyday things, to add nuance to your understanding and tools to your tech box, to bring history to life, and propel the living history of purebred dogs into the future. So check out the links at www.puredogtalk.com. Your support adds up to a huge voice for purebred dogs. So in this final installment of the Throwback Thursday to As the Wheels Turn column, As the holidays approach and this bitterly divided year drags to an end finally, I think what I would like and what I would hope is that we can all try to practice the grace that we'd like to receive for our own failings. So with that, the seven deadly sins are quite famous in the Catholic catechism. But there's also the seven virtues, and these refer to the union of two sets of virtues, the four cardinal virtues that are from ancient Greek philosophy. These are prudence, justice, temperance, and courage. The three theological virtues from the letters of St. Paul of Tarsus are faith, hope, and charity. These were adopted by the church fathers as the seven virtues. Now, 
I happen to believe that you can be a person of faith or not and still find these seven virtues to be valuable in your life. The beautiful part of this topic is it strikes to the core of why so many of us have stayed loyal to what can be a very, very tough sport. And I know there are folks out there who have never experienced some of these aspects of the fancy, and it makes me sad. I would suggest that, as in anything, we get what we give, and I would offer input from longtime fanciers sent to me while I was writing this column. One of my readers and Pure Dog Talk listener, Marike Now, talks about courage. And she says, quote, One of the seven virtues that struck me for the dog show world based on many of the conversations I've been having with breeders was courage from a few different perspectives. She said that merely taking your beloved pet, the hours of time and money and raising, and asking somebody to give their objective opinion is courageous, especially when the judge rarely has to give any reasoning. You just have to suck it up and take the opinion. And she adds that no other sport has amateurs competing against professionals. These owner-handlers who do this as a hobby and compete against someone that makes it their entire life, that's nothing short of courageous. Additionally, many breeds face challenges with clearances and health issues, but it is the courageous breeders that are public for the sake of learning and willing to address their issues, even if it means starting over. When somebody says they don't have any health issues, it just means they haven't been honest and courageous enough to look. Really great points. So on the topic of charity, a reader of As the Wheels Turn and Pure Dog Talk fan, Linda Erkley, talks about Take the Lead Foundation. She says this organization is perhaps the quintessential heart of our tribe. For every story of people helping people on a purely personal level, there are legion. Take the lead, multiplies the effort, and takes it to a whole new level. In the 20 years since its inception, Take the Lead has paid out, and this was too many years ago, they've paid out well over $4 million to members of the fancy who are desperately in need. We've had a number of episodes on the podcast talking about Take the Lead with major, major members of that organization, and I will provide links in the show notes so that you can take a listen if for some strange reason you live on Mars and have not heard of Take the Lead. But just to give you a sense of it, Take the Lead was founded in 1993 as a not-for-profit foundation to provide direct services, support, and care for all qualified participants in the sport of dogs who suffer from devastating realities of life-threatening or terminal illnesses. Prudence is our next virtue. A reader emailed me early on in the publication of this column with commentary on the topic of professional handlers being too chummy with judges. One of the statements in this missive completely floored me. Couldn't believe it. We don't know any judges. And I'm like, why not? It's not like they're aliens. 
volunteer for your Albreed Club, sign up to be a ring steward. COVID times, the clubs are desperate for help and for volunteers. Help with hospitality. Join a committee on your national or local breed club. Get involved in something larger than just yourself. When you have that background, inevitably, you will wind up being judged by someone you know personally. It happens. Use common sense and be polite but reserved with your public interactions. Everyone has lines they won't cross. My rule is I will not show dogs to my close friends or former clients. It's just bad juju. On the other hand, I know lots of members of this tribe from casual acquaintances to breeders with whom I regularly interact on club business or I've known for years. Former colleagues and competitors who've aged out of handling and are now judging. And I have to respect that these folks are going to judge the dog on the day or I would be left with a very limited pool of people to whom I could show dogs. So our next virtue is hope and faith. And perhaps there is nothing more hopeful in the world than a new puppy. We spend years planning a breeding. In the best of all worlds, you are creating dogs specifically designed to make the next breeding after that. And without fail, there is a flutter in your chest, a glimmer in your eye, a catch in your breath when they start opening their eyes and forming their own little personalities. Every step of the way, from the second the sack is broken at birth, through evaluation and placement, weeding out, testing, watching, waiting for that one, that one, there's hope. I know a few denizens of the sport who bought the one, some even by accident. (laughs) But as a breeder, long before I was a handler and still where my heart lies, the hope, faith, and joy involved in a litter of new puppies is unparalleled. Hope often is not crashed on the rocks (laughs) of some fault, small or large. Faith that the next twist of the breeding program will do the trick. Joy when all those plans and blueprints, P.S. those are called pedigrees, all the blood, sweat, and tears of pain and happiness, all the anguish and anticipation finally gel, and you get almost, almost the one. And then you try it again to get it just right. So our final virtue, justice and temperance. Never let it be said there is no justice in this sport. I see it every weekend. The underdog wins far more often than the popular myth would have you believe. They just don't talk about it as much. Fact. I love to watch talented breeder and handlers, people who have studied and perfected to the gnat's ass, the art of their breed. People who have bred and trained and conditioned and groomed their dogs to the nth degree. They beat me all the time. (laughs) I find those people and I learn from them. These are competitors who practice temperance. They don't follow fads and trends 
They doggedly, bad pun, sorry, doggedly breed to the standard, whether it fits with the current fashion or not. These people avoid excess in their breeding programs, in their advertising, and in their behavior. It doesn't matter whether the breed is a Visenji or Pug or Clumber Spaniel or Akita. Patience is part of this virtue. And breeders and owners and handlers who are building on a solid foundation for the future that they envision, even if it's different than the one I would choose, will always be my heroes. All right, y'all. We can do this. 2020, almost gone. And we are still keeping on. As always, if you have any questions or input, we'd love to hear from you. The show notes and links to resources on today's topic are available at puredogtalk.com. Drop us a note in the comments or email to laura at puredogtalk.com. Remember, guys, this podcast is for you. So if you want to know something, give me a holler. We'll do a podcast for you. If you wouldn't mind, you could help me out here. Take a couple minutes to visit iTunes and give us a review. The Dog Show Superintendents Association is a proud supporter of Pure Dog Talk. Our Dog Show Superintendents are the hardworking people who make the dog show function. They are advocates for education and mentorship in the purebred dog fancy. So stop by the Supers Desk at your next show. Tell them how much you love Pure Dog Talk and give them a shout out for their support. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us on Pure Dog Talk.